Hi, I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. I'm here at the HIMSS conference speaking with Nitin Natarajan, who is Deputy Director at CISA. We're going to be discussing some of the top cyber issues facing the healthcare sector. Welcome, Dr- Deputy Director Natarajan. Great to meet you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for talking to us. So, from your viewpoint at CISA, what are the top cyber threats to the healthcare sector right now that are most concerning to you and why? So I'd say the, the number one thing that we're looking at is the concern of ransomware. We're seeing a lot of the ransomware landscape change. We're seeing that the potential, the volume of adversaries is changing, the complexity in attack is changing, um, and as well as the victim landscape is changing as well. And so I think that's our largest challenge is we have organizations that in the past weren't necessarily uh, on the radar, so to speak, by a lot of our adversaries. And whether we're talking about nation states, whether we're talking about cyber terrorists or cyber criminal organizations, that, so that victim landscape is changing, our adversary landscape is changing because they're getting well-resourced, more complicated than their types of attacks and the vo- increase in the frequency and volume of attack. So that really is our lar- one of our largest concerns in the healthcare sector because the potential to click on anything and to have that widespread impact across an IT system in a healthcare facility and potentially you know, resulting in things like div- ER diversions and potential patient safety issues um, you know, really has us concerned about making sure that we're doing all we can to stop ransomware attacks against the healthcare sector. And in terms of the ransomware attacks you're seeing in the healthcare sector, how are they evolving? Are they going downstream to smaller entities? Are they becoming more sophisticated? And are there other sorts of attacks that also are disruptive, such as DDoS, that are also worrisome at this point? It's a combination of all of those, I think. So there used to be a perception, I think, in a lot of rural facilities that we're not the big city. We don't have to worry about it. Nobody knows we're even here. We don't, you know, we're not concerned. But really what we're seeing across the nation, and frankly, even beyond the healthcare space to other sectors of critical infrastructure, is attacks against organizations large and small, against those public and private, rural and urban. Um, so there's no longer organizations that are protected or exempted. You know, we also talked about healthcare in the past where when it came to things like warfare, that healthcare was always protected, right? You never you never bombed the tent that had the Red Cross on it. You never impacted healthcare because it was always kind of this protected, neutral space. We're not seeing that anymore. You know, healthcare is a potential target just as any other any other type of sector. So I think while ransomware is on the table, we are concerned about other types of attacks, DDoS attacks as well. Obviously, concerns about medical device safety and, and other issues. So really looking across the board um, at at what organizations are seeing across the nation. We're looking at tactics, techniques, and procedures we're seeing globally and trying to prepare when, you know, could that reach the United States and recognizing there's no borders, right? It, we don't have to wait for an adversary to cross an ocean to get to us. Um, you know, it's a lot easier and quicker in cyberspace than in, in the kinetic space. And so what are some of the common vulnerabilities that you see nation states and other bad actors exploiting in the healthcare sector that healthcare sector entities should be playing paying closer attention to? We've really tried to, to focus on known exploited vulnerabilities. I think when we talk about vulnerabilities in general, we know that we're never going to be able to patch and mitigate every single vulnerability that's out there. So what we're trying to do is work with our partners both domestically and globally 
in the public and the private sectors to understand what is being exploited um, in in the cyber in the cyber arena, and then to be able to provide those notifications uh, to facilities and to organizations. So, in the healthcare space, for instance, uh, we provide notifications to over 63 healthcare entities based on exploitations that we've seen coming out of our known exploited vulnerabilities, what we call our CAV catalog, and that's a catalog that is updated regularly as we see more vulnerabilities being exploited uh, to make sure that we can get that information out into the hands of those that might be impacted. Now, President Biden recently released a national cybersecurity strategy that addresses many issues involving critical infrastructure sectors, including the healthcare sector. What do you think are some of the most important aspects for healthcare sector entities to consider in terms of President Biden's national cybersecurity strategy? I think one of the largest issues, and we're focusing on this, is looking at things like secure by design, secure by default. So how do we ensure that what we are purchasing, what manufacturers are developing, both in software and hardware, is secure out of the box, right? And that security features are not additional packages you need to buy or additional add-ons, but that the hardware and software is secure by default. And that it's also secure by design, that we're using memory-safe languages, that we're using uh, the right technology to ensure that that's, we're building in security up front into what we're doing. And the onus really is on the consumer to ensure that we are, we are demanding that, frankly, from our partners as we look to invest. But we're also looking at how do we increase the awareness of cybersecurity away from the CISOs and the CSOs who, who believe, right? We don't have to sell them on this. But how do we get CEOs and boards to understand the risks that they're accepting? And the analogy I always use is a three-legged stool. You know, we spend a lot of time in our organizations talking about risk identification. And we spend a lot of time talking about risk mitigation. We forget the third leg of that stool, which is any risk we've identified and we've not mitigated, we've accepted. And we accept risk every day in what we do, especially in the healthcare space. But do we truly understand at the CEO and board level of the risks that they're accepting of, for that organization when it comes to cybersecurity? And I think we have a lo we still have a ways to go there. And we're seeing this not just in the healthcare sector, but in a lot of critical infrastructure sectors, that we need to increase that CEO and board awareness. And so I think the National Cybersecurity Strategy is a great document. And it's something that we've worked with the Office of the National Cyber Director very closely on. And we're excited to look at those and other elements that are going to help us really change the landscape of cybersecurity across the nation and also make sure people understand the importance that this truly is a national security issue. This is not something we should just be leaving to CIOs and CSOs. And while they're very capable, and, and you know, this truly is going to take all of us together to help them solve very complex challenges that are only going to grow more complex in the days and months to come as we see things like AI and machine learning. Uh, it seems like it's exploding tenfold every every morning we wake up. It seems like it's made in progress. How do we work together to stay ahead of those that, those that wish us harm uh, utilizing these new technologies? And so the uh, President Biden's national cybersecurity strategy also emphasizes the need for minimum security standards for critical infrastructure sectors, as well as accountability for third party sellers of software and hardware to take more responsibility for the security of these products. How do you think that impacts the healthcare sector? Are there areas that the healthcare sector sort of needs to be paying more attention to when it comes to the you know, third parties and you know, minimum security standards? And you know, we, have HIP, we have HIPAA, but that's you know, not as strong as perhaps you know, doing other things that maybe the NIST framework you know, requires. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
So I think as we look at the healthcare space, there's a lot of things that can happen. One, I think, is knowing what you're buying and understanding how that technology goes into your broader healthcare ecosystem. I think it's also looking at IT not as an isolated entity within our healthcare facilities, but really understanding that broader landscape of both IT as well as OT, as well as medical device and patient safety, and not treating them separately, but really looking at that IT ecosystem within our facilities, understanding what bringing in a new technology is going to impact you know, uh, more broadly across that entity. So I think a lot of those types of steps and working with industry to make sure that we are raising our standards as, as buyers, to make sure we are investing adequately. Um, you know, often, you know, the, the, the most secure model may not be the cheapest opportunity. So how do we make those decisions on where we need to invest and that we understand what we're buying, um, how we're buying and how that integrates to our broader our safety acceptance and security acceptance within our institutions. And in terms of CISA, what sorts of resources are available to the healthcare sector from the agency that might help them with some of the cyber challenges that we were just discussing? Sure. So I think the, the first step is really our regional team. So CISA really wants to make sure that we have expertise in your communities throughout the nation. So we have a regional footprint of over 600 people in your communities across the nation who can help address a wide um, swath of issues, everything from physical security to cybersecurity, emergency communications, and others. So these are advice in local communities that can work with your institutions to help access CISA services and whether we're talking about some of our scalable services like cyber hygiene, vulnerability scanning and others where we can just skyrocket enrollment in a very uh, short amount of time to some of our more complex capabilities as we look at penetration testing and other capabilities which we again can't necessarily scale um, you know heavily but we have uh, available uh, for infrastructure for critical infrastructure partners. I think also being able to help convey the messaging and being able to bridge that gap often between the, our technical experts and some of our CEOs and boards. So tapping in, into those regional teams can be extremely helpful. Tapping into the CISA services that are available up on our website uh, and making sure we can get the right service to the right individuals and making sure that we're pairing, frankly, the maturity of an agency or an organization with the right tools and resources truly is critical. You know, going into an organization that is cybersecure, that it's new in cybersecurity or the cybersecurity uh, immature, say, and coming up with a very complex analysis and saying you need to do these 50 things at $8 billion is not viable. So how do we pair those right tools and services and capabilities with others? How do we make sure we're looking at uh, guidance that speaks both to the technical community and to the non-technical community. And we can only do that by getting feedback. And especially when you talk about the health sector, we want to make sure that what we're putting out there speaks to that community. And the only way to do that is through dialogue, through persistent collaboration and feedback. And in terms of collaboration between federal agencies and the healthcare sector, what might improve cyber readiness of the sector if there was more collaboration? I think the biggest thing is, is communication and understanding that if building that comfort and that trust that we can have an honest conversation when a cyber incident occurs, uh, that we can have that technical dialogue and not necessarily the legal dialogue, um, and that we're able to share indicators of compromise, we're able to share TTPs on, on what folks are seeing, so that we can then go back and help the broader sector, and not just help the institution that's supporting to us, but helping their neighbors and their partners, frankly, throughout the globe to help uh, protect themselves. And that's trust 
takes time. Um, so we want to continue to build that dialogue, continue to build that trust and collaboration with our partners at HHS. Um, and I think that's really how we're going to move move this together. We're not going to move this in a transactional manner. We're not going to stay ahead of the adversary if we just keep lobbing things kind of over the fence, so to speak, uh, like we're playing tennis. You know, we need to play something more collaborative. I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's synchronized swimming. I'm not sure of a something where we're able to uh, to work together to uh, throughout this process versus, again, just kind of lobbing something over the fence at each other. Sure. And, and finally, I was reading over your bio and saw that earlier in your career you were a first responder in New York, including service as a flight para paramedic. What sort of experience did that bring to you as you work with healthcare sector entities that are dealing with cyber challenges in that sort of urgency to respond? I think, you know, my background really helped me understand kind of the fragility, frankly, of our healthcare system. I think understanding the complexity of our healthcare system um, and that this isn't simple to do. Right? And if I, I'd offer, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And that this truly is a complex challenge. But also watching the inner workings of a hospital and seeing all the different parts that go together to, to treat that patient, uh, everything from the supply chain through IT, through you know, clinical care at the bedside, and then looking beyond the borders of that institution to understand you know, facility supplies, uh, again, medical uh, supplies and equipment and, and helps me understand kind of how do we better ensure that we're looking at this from a system perspective and not an institution perspective. And that's really our approach at CISA is not just to look at healthcare as a system, but frankly, as a system of systems, because an attack against the energy grid or against water treatment plant also has that cascading impact and that downstream analysis, understanding that the loss of water has an impact at hospitals, not just from a potable perspective, but from a sterilization perspective. And how do we make sure that we're taking some of these complexities um, to heart as we look at how do we prote better protect the industry and the nation? Thank you so much, Deputy Director Natarajan. I've been speaking to Nitin Natarajan of CESA. I'm Marianne Kolbezak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.